Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Winchester. Welcome to Winchester Radio, uh, the Friday edition. <laughs> um, thanks everybody for tuning in. We're going to be talking about heaven. Can't wait tonight. Uh, the latest episode of Supernatural, written by Robert Barons. Uh, his first episode for Supernatural, um, and a good one. Uh, hey. Pardon me for just one second, a little podcast business. Vinny, can you hear us? One of our podcast co-hosts seems to be dialing from purgatory this evening, and we're having trouble putting her through. So, uh, hello? Oh, no, not yet. Uh, okay, uh, well, speaking of people calling in... Um, we don't have a guest this week, so if anybody out there wants to call in and ask a question or talk about something to do with uh, Heaven Can't Wait, uh, our call-in number is 347-205-9801. Um, we're going to talk a little bit, and then we'll probably get to calls in just a few minutes. Um, you can find our podcast at blogtalkradio.com slash media boulevard. Uh, you can subscribe and download us through iTunes. You can find a link on our website on the homepage, winchesterrose.com. And, of course, you can always find information and alerts about our podcast and all the other supernatural news and so on on Twitter and Facebook at Winchester Bros, which um, we're very excited and proud that our number of likes and follows are growing by leaps and bounds, and we really appreciate that very, very much. Um, anyway, back to Heaven Can't Wait. Um, definitely a Misha Castiel-focused episode pretty much. So I, I did think it was pretty balanced. Uh, by the way, uh, this is Susan talking, and Becky is here. Hi, Becky. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and uh, anyway, yes, uh, a Castiel episode. Um, we needed to be catch up with the last we saw. Dean had unceremoniously um, pushed him out of the bunker. Um, we all know that uh, no one's more important than Sam. And if... Zeke says having Cass there is not good for Sam, then, well, despite the fact that poor Cass had no money and not much of anything, really, uh, he had to go. Um, I don't... There's a call, and I don't know if it's a caller or if it's our, yeah, if it's our wandering podcast host. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's any, so, yeah. Okay, so caller, dear, hang on, just a couple seconds here, a couple minutes. Um, you know, I just, I realized, like looking at this, that uh, Cass finally got a job at a a convenience store, sort of thing. Um, I can't believe Dean would let him go without money or supplies or a car, something, anything. <laughs> So it's possible that Cass had a car. We just didn't see it. But does he, he didn't, know how to he drive? He didn't have a car. 
Yeah, he didn't have a car because he needed he is, Oh, he needed a ride. Team, That's right. A few times he needed a ride. Yeah. Plus, like I said, I don't think he would know how to drive. Yeah, that's that's a that's a whole other ball game, and that would be a very interesting episode on its own. Is possibly Dean or Sam teaching Cass how to drive, and I can guarantee it won't be behind the wheel of Baby. <laughs> oh no! <That's> for sure. <laughs> anyway, I, um, I hope Benny. I hope, I hope Benny gets in because she has a lot of interesting ideas about this episode, and I really want her to get in and talk about it because, like I was telling you before the podcast started. I was kind of bored by the episode, so I don't have as many interesting insights, and I know Vinny will have them. Mm-hmm. The episode was good. I enjoyed it. Um, there, Robert Barron, you know, wrote some really great character moments in it, um, great important things happening to further the storyline along. But for some reason, the whole thing just kind of bored me. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about it that bored me. It, there was, hmm. I guess there was interesting things, but for some reason it bored me. So I hope Denny can get in. She's she would have much better things hmm. to say than me. <laughs> um, I I was not bored, not at all. I just I didn't think it was like a like a throw a minute episode either. But I I wasn't I wasn't bored at all. Um, I like I said the last we saw Cass was pushed out the door by by Dean and was kind of wondering well where did he go how did he do so I was glad to catch up with him um, I like Cass as a character very much so it's not like I don't like him so I might be bored or not want to see an episode with him as a focus and actually it wasn't all about him again I thought that was a pretty good balance because we we saw Kevin we saw Crowley we saw Abaddon and um, and a couple of uh, uh, original characters. Nora, who um, I, did she just work at the convenience store? Or did she own it? The way she was talking, I thought she was like a manager or an owner. Okay, Vinny. Vinny. Hello. Ah, she's trying from a different number even, and it's not coming through. No. She says it's just ringing. No. Hello, Jenny? Keep trying. We'll keep talking. Um, Anyway, so was Nora, do you think, the manager, or did she actually own the... Establishment. I mean, she had a she had a pretty nice house. Thought. Yeah. Um, even though Ephraim or whatever called it a hovel, hovel, and I was like, "What are you talking about? That's a nice house. I like that house." Um, I know. Oh, oh, it's our idea of hovel. They're two different things. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. I, I I took it that she was just the manager, but I don't know. She could be the owner too. Um. Obviously, the authority because when she came in, she said to to Steve, uh, "Coffee urns, you know, the freezer case." Like asking like somebody in authority who needed to know what was going on. So. I had problems with her because one, she was taking advantage of Castiel by asking him to be a babysitter, mm. and 
two, he's an employee. She doesn't know what he's like when he's not at work. And she let mm-hmm. basically a stranger babysit her baby. And, yeah, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I had yeah. problems with yeah. that. Yeah, she's, she's all kinds of wrong. She's all kinds of wrong. I, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Um, between not being straight with Steve, a coworker, I mean, she may have seen enough evidence of him. I mean, he can't have worked there that long, a month tops, I think, tops. So you really can't get to know somebody like that. Hey, Vinny, are you there? Oh, hi. Oh, I think I've seen every possible phone number from Vinny she's got. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Ah. Anyway. I'm going to ask her to try Skype, see if she can try calling in with Skype. Okay. Okay. So, anyway, she could not have known Steve more than a month, I think. And, I mean, he he's at least demonstrated that he's responsible, and if she's watching, like, a book or money, she would know possibly if he was stealing. Some people are really good at hiding that kind of thing, but... I don't know, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe trusting him enough to go out on a date herself would be okay. Or maybe even if she had an older kid, like much older, you know, that you couldn't, still too young to leave on their own, but maybe not um, uh, old, older than just a baby, but to trust your your beautiful, adorable baby with a complete, basically a stranger who you only know at work, is mm-hmm. yeah, this, yeah, and then and then to not be honest with him and say, you know, I I need a babysitter. Do you think you want to? Because poor poor yeah. Steve was thinking. Never, never once did she ask him about babysitting. She in in her discuss in her discussion with him, she never once. For all she knows. He has an aversion to children, or you know, he never once she never once asked him to actually babysit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she was just I did not like her. <laughs> no, not at all. So uh, the scenes with um, Cass, Cass and the baby were so sweet and so adorable, and just you know, Misha and the baby. That was a, such a sweet cute baby and then uh, of course we know Misha has two kids of his own and I think Mason is still still a baby um, so it was it was just fun watching him and um, being so uh, caring and so concerned when he thought maybe the baby wasn't well and um, it was just he was just very cute and then he talks to the baby and tells him, you know, how he feels and how hard it is to become a human. And and uh, I think he found a kindred spirit in the baby because baby's sort of working on the same thing, basically. One more time. Hey, Vinny. Are you there? We hope. Hello? Nope. Gone again. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, and talking um, more about 
Nora and the baby, I do have to say, as much as I disagreed with that whole thing with him, her asking him to babysit, uh, it's worth it all just to get the scene of him singing the Greatest American Hero theme. I love that scene. That was probably my favorite scene in the whole episode was him singing Greatest American Hero. I loved it. <laughs> yes, that was that was very cute and so funny. And I used to watch that show. I could still sing the theme song right along with Tass. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Robert Robert Barron's. I think tweeted that he'd actually proposed a ACDC song or I don't know, maybe he was just being funny. Um, but uh, Let, um, they already blew the ACDC since budget. We're, hmm? Since we're trying to call Vinny, we've never done this before and I hate to bo- uh, interrupt all of our people who are listening, but we really want Vinny on here. I'm going to call, see where we can call a guest on here. Um, through our studio. I'm going to try and see if we can call Vinny through it. Does that sound okay? We've never done it before. Oh, okay. Well, if something happens, I'll just call back in and we'll be right back. So, <laughs> so don't worry. Hello. Hey, Vinny. This is the podcast. Hey, Vinny. You're live on the podcast. We figured out a way to call you through it. Oh, on. No matter what phone I call you, then it's the right chat. It just rings. Yeah, we got you on the podcast. Yay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and we so, didn't and we didn't crash the podcast, so we're good. <laughs> I was like, we've never tried this before, but let's try it, and it works. So. Yeah. You haven't missed anything. Always well, cost, I'm always why I'm doing that, though, because I called you guys from two cell phones and a landline. Mm. So, we, so weird. And that's two weeks but, in a row. Hmm. Oh, well. All, All we right. talked about how we were um, didn't like how Nora asked Castiel to babysit when she didn't know him. And that's the thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> well, go for it, because... Like I told, no, I, mean, I told Susan, I said, you have to get on this podcast because I found the episode kind of boring, and you will have much more interesting insights, so go. <laughs> okay, my thing with Laura is, and this is going to upset you, though, is the same problem I had with Lisa. Like, stop letting strange men that you barely know around your children. Stop that, women. <laughs> and yes. I, don't know, I don't know if it's because men don't have the same kind of well, clearly men don't have a maternal instinct because that's just, no. But they don't think of it that way because there is no, my mother didn't even want to leave me with male family members that I've known my whole life. And right, right. I just, it baffles me that you would, that she would, and especially if you're going to do that, you're going to be very clear about what you're asking. So mm. I think yes. That was, exactly. right. that was written way too far for me. And like I said in my recaps, like, you know, I've seen that episode of Friends before. So I knew how that was going to go. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was, that, was a little, that was a little far-fetched for me. By a little, I mean a whole lot. She never mentioned once when she was um, talking to him that what she was asking him to do was babysit. And if you're asking somebody to babysit, you need to tell them that's what you're doing. 
Because you also want to know, yeah. like, have you ever cared for an infant before? There is right, no way, exactly. even if Cassiel had been her employee for several years and they were friends and everything, you still, do you, have you taken care of an infant before? Yes or no? Because that's a pretty big deal. That, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I, I had a huge issue with that, but I had the same issue with, with Lisa in regards to being living with uh, her and Ben, like mm-hmm. a yes. who has an alcohol problem, he's grieving, and literally and everything from weapon. hell. Yeah, and literally everything from hell is on his ass. <laughs> yes, yes, you can mm-hmm. come hang out with me and my son and move in. Sure. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, welcome to Eland. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I had a, yeah, we that was that was the, the one part of the episode that I thought was badly written. You know, I don't think it was badly written. I think it was just that's the kind of person Nora was, you know, and and just I mean, someone who just was desperate for a date and didn't think it through, and was just that kind of callous person because not only did she give her baby to a stranger, she she didn't really, wasn't that good to him in, you know, in the workplace either. You know, she just came in late, expected everything to be done, and and um, wasn't straight with him about babysitting. So she's just not a good uh, I don't person like she, I all the way around. I think she was happy that everything had been done. But I don't think she really she was expected what? it. She kind of seemed like... I don't think she expected everything to be done. I think she was happy it was all done, but I don't think it was really an expectation on her part. Mm-hmm. Well, oh. So I yeah. do think, not only that, I think it's one of those, here's, I know there are different feelings about whether or not Nora is going to be a continuing character or a love interest, and people have different reasons for why they're pro or con. I, mine is very logical in the fact that I'm one of people who's really against workplace romances. It really Mm. bothers me, especially when there's a power dynamic involved as she's the manager. So I really hope they don't go that way because of that. Mm. But I I would like Castiel to have a real friend because I don't feel that Castiel has had a real friend since Balthazar. Mm-hmm. I don't, I am one of those people who doesn't feel that Sam and Bean are real friends to Cassiel. Sam, a little bit more than Bean for me. At least I feel like he has more um, sympathy and empathy for Cassiel than Bean does. But I really don't see them, I don't see that as a, as a good friendship in any way. So mm-hmm. I would like Cassiel to have a friend. I don't think, for me, he hasn't had one since Balthazar. I want to know where I, he learned the Greatest American Hero theme song from. How does Castiel know that song? <laughs> yeah. So he was watching a lot of TV. He's watching, if he's done well, nothing else possible. over years with Sam and Dean, they watch a lot of TV. <laughs> yeah, and it is possible that since he, he, hasn't, he doesn't have anywhere to live, he's living at the convenience store, maybe whatever, you know, affiliate 
they get from that television have been doing reruns of it, although I've never seen that show in syndication and have enough episodes, it, but still. I, I think the only place you can see it is through Netflix and DVDs right now. I don't think any channel is actually showing it, so maybe well, you guys have to sell a Netflix subscription. I don't know. <laughs> well, and I'm, you know, I'm sandwiching it by saying that because Robert Barron has sort of the original song was supposed to be Highway to Hell, which had really, how would he have known that? The very few times we see him, the very few times we see him in the car with Dean, there's no music playing. So, well, he was also spending like when he was crazy cast and he was off communing with nature and doing God knows how many other things. He got who knows he could have picked up any kind of number of songs and then he was. With Meg, that's true. And, maybe Meg. And, you know, there's lots of places. But. Yeah, because that's totally a show Meg was watching. There we go. <laughs> oh, I'd be so sarcastic. Hey, you never know. <laughs> My Meg was not watching that show. <laughs> well, you know, you got hey, to have like two channels your stuff. Speaking of Meg, speaking of Meg, speaking of Meg, and I know there were some. Some I don't know if I'd call them complaints, but there was maybe a little bit. But there was some talk about why why Cass's convenience store name isn't Clarence, and why didn't he pick Clarence? Because it obviously means something. It was it was what Meg dubbed him, and I think that's the very reason he did not pick Clarence because it means something. It's kind of special. She's gone. It might hurt a little bit. To I don't know if he knows. Does he know she's gone? gone? I need that episode. I need that moment. I don't know if he knows, and I need him to know. That's very important to me. I don't feel like I don't feel like anyone has taken the time to pull him aside and go, you know. And you know what? I say? Here's my problem, and this is coming from someone who just you know obviously loves Meg, but. I really have a problem with Cassiel running off and going on dates and sleeping with other women when he doesn't know where Meg is. And if mm-hmm. he knows Meg is dead, then I have an even bigger problem. So the only way I can rationalize his behavior when it comes to females is that he doesn't know Meg is dead and he just thinks Meg failed. Any mm-hmm. other explanation is unacceptable to me. I'm sorry. So I want to think that maybe he's afraid that April had communicated in some way that he was Clarence, and that's why he dropped it. Hmm. Makes but, sense to me, yeah. But other Iris, did tell he was going around using Clarence, so yeah, that makes sense. And I don't know if he just mm-hmm. thought, you know, that alias is burned, like, no, not doing that. Oh, the scenes with Cassie and the baby are on right now. Oh, my God, that is seriously the cutest baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that baby is so pretty. Her eyes. So oh, cute. my God. Yeah. And I'm not going to just like, ooh, babies. Yeah, I'm not going to just get excited because there's a baby. I'm not that person. Cute. <laughs> yeah, she was cute. And then I, last week, Life Five O had their version of sort of free, of free man and a baby. And it another just adorable, adorable baby. So I guess it was a week for babies with, with um, strange men. <laughs> but <laughs> it was, it was, it was very cute. Um, 
cast. I, we talked a, a little bit before we finally got you on, or at least I, I kind of started it, about how Dean unceremoniously, you know, pushed Cass out of the bunker, and I was hopeful, but really after this episode, I'm not that hopeful anymore, that you'd think he'd at least give Cass some money or or supplies or direction or something, but I guess not. <laughs> I mean, he, well, what he I was up hoping is that he would have given him an identity. Because yeah, well, maybe he did. This episode is... Yeah, one of my problems with this episode is that how did Cassio get this job? He has no social security number. He has no identification. He has no right. home address. All the things you need mm-hmm. to fill out an application and accept employment, he doesn't have. So I don't understand, and I don't understand why someone who makes false IDs for a living wouldn't go, mm-hmm. okay, but I'm going, I will send you out into the world with the ability to take care of yourself in some way. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, but that goes back did, to my whole thing. Like that goes back to my whole thing where I don't. I always felt that Castiel is a better friend to Dean than Dean will ever be to Castiel. Because on top of that, you have. I was talking to a friend of mine, and she was like, "What? One of her biggest problems with this season and this episode in particular is making her really, really dislike Dean." And I see what she means by that because for me, like. It's like Dean doesn't get it that Castiel cannot do for himself. It's not just that he's human. It's that he is essentially a 14-year-old. He doesn't know how things work. Mm-hmm. You know, you just assume things and things that, you know, when you live with your parents, mm-hmm. and, you know, you don't think like, oh, my God, I have to buy body wash. You're like, oh, body wash just appears in the bathroom all the time. That is so cool. <laughs> and then you go out on your own and you're like, oh, I was kind of supposed to buy that. Oh, mm-hmm. it's that kind of idea for me where, you know, Dean has been self-sufficient his entire life. But the fact that he can't get that, no, Castiel needs a job. What, is, what else is he going to do? And that he thinks Castiel's job is beneath him well, what did you expect? He has no prior skills. He has no high school diploma to show because at the very least for most jobs with decent pay, you need at least a high school diploma to show. Mm. He doesn't have that. So here is a man with no address, no ID, no diploma, no GED, nothing. Mm-hmm. And he's going to mock what he's doing for a living? I have a big problem with that. I don't... I I disagree. I don't think he was. he was mocking him I think he was I think he was upset with himself mad at himself it's not going to change what he did or would do again but I think he was so guilty and and mad at himself and upset that he was just going you're better than this and he's trying to sort of almost make himself feel better because he's really really realizing He's really realizing me, that, what part that, of him what part of him saying you nuke taquitos with that look on his face says guilt to me. None of it. Like he found humor in it and like eh, <laughs> you were at a convenience store. It was just really distasteful to me. I really mm-hmm. did I didn't like and not like I I'm not it wasn't like uh like the writer, how dare you it was more like being as a the way we look at characters. Like you're such an ass. Which I've mm-hmm. always felt Dean was an ass in certain ways. I really do think he is. He's a lovable ass. Mm-hmm. But he's an ass. I, I, 
the way I kind of saw it was where he said, you know, you, you were fighting wars in heaven and now you're nuking taquitos. But he was, te- he was insulting his job, but I don't think he meant to insult Cass. He was telling Cass mm-hmm. that, you know, hey, you can, you, you can do better than this. And while he was doing it, he was he didn't realize he was was actually insulting Castile and the job and everybody who actually does that job. It's not an mm-hmm. insulting job. And, you know, in this day and age, you're lucky to get a job, especially somebody, mm-hmm. like you said, like Castile, who has no Social Security number, no education, mm-hmm. no address, nothing. And yeah, so, I mean, I don't even know if it's in a situation where it's like whoever hired him was sort of, I don't know. We have no idea. Was he desperate? Did he was he willing to look the other way? Does Cass have some kind of fake ID or uh, from Dean or or even Sam? Who knows to help well, him no, because, get along? I mean, when I first heard Dean say, you know, oh, you're better than this, and I'm like, wait a minute, don't insult everybody out there who has that job or similar job. But I just think he was just thinking of it's hard to see like a friend that used to do such big things and and doesn't anymore or can't anymore, doesn't have that position anymore. And I still think him feeling, you know, guilty and angry at himself and all that is just making him stay and do things that maybe maybe he shouldn't. I mean, you know, again, he's a, he's a fine one to talk. It wasn't so long ago that, you know, he was staying in crap hotels and, you know, Hustling or or barely working, and he should. But see, that's what I think. Know I think that any job I got, has I got the feeling from Dean. To. I got the feeling from Dean that he feels running hustle and stealing credit cards is more. How do I put this? Is a way cooler job than working at the gas and spit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, cooler. Which, yeah, you know, maybe. <laughs> I, I just think, like, if Castiel had been, I think if he would have seen Castiel in, like, a middle management office, he wouldn't have scoffed so hard. He would have been like, hey, you're doing pretty good for yourself. Way to go. I, I left you with nothing, mm-hmm. and you have pulled up your bootstraps. Very good. But this was the mm-hmm. kind of job where Castiel was so earnest in it, where we're conditioned by society to kind of be like, oh, that's the kind of job you should get yourself out of, better yourself mm-hmm. and get out of it. Where Cassie was like, no, I'm responsible for things here. This is what I have to do to keep this place running. This entire building mm-hmm. is my responsibility for the eight hours I'm here, and I take that seriously, mm-hmm. like you should. Mm-hmm. And Dean was like, no. You know, the fact that Dean tells him, okay, well, let's go, and Cassie has him, I'm at work right now. Like, mm-hmm. like, Dean doesn't get that his responsibility, his desires are not a priority. For everybody, he just accepts. He just assumes that Cassiel's going to jump to whatever he needs. I think I figured out how. I think I figured out how he got the job, though, because if Cassiel went there asking for a job, wearing that shirt and those jeans, I'd have hired him without any information. (laughs) (laughs) He looks good. (laughs) He he looks and handed over your kids. Yeah, I might have done that too. <laughs> she would have been like, there would have been no confusion. I would have been asking him out. <laughs> yes, that was that was a very good look on him. Assuming, yes, assuming that was. he went in the button-down shirt, not the stripy shirt in the beginning, which was cute, but not not as hot. Yeah, that, yeah, that white, not so much. The white button-down and the blue jeans. 
I don't think Castiel's ever looked better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was nice. I I enjoyed Dean, who finally like got over whatever pissiness he had at the beginning, and then was like, you know, gave him a ride to a date, tried to tried to talk to him, you know, reassure him, nice touch. He was. It reminded me of when he found Sam in the hotel room with Ava. Of course, he had no clue what was really going on, but he was like, oh, you know, you know, Sammy, you dog, you. So I think he was a little bit not quite there, but sort of just as trying to be supportive. Or then he was almost a little bit like, like dad, you know, dropping off your kid in the, in Kathy, I didn't read it as support. I read it like for me, it read more of, well, I can't take you back with me. So you need to make a life here. So if this is how you're going to do it, go do it. I don't, <laughs> I'm very, I'm having, I'm very having very unsympathetic to Dean Winchester feelings lately. And it's not yeah. just that it's not just that he's lying, it's that he's lying so badly and he's treating people so badly. Like I don't mm. think it's bad that he I don't think it's bad that he's not letting Castiel stay at the bunker. That makes complete sense to me, even if it wasn't for Ezekiel. That's not my problem. My problem is you're a dick about it. That's so- my problem. Because for me, the bunker is not home for Castiel. So, no, heaven is home for Castiel. So it's not like, oh, you won't let him come home. Well, Castiel's home. Mm. But there, for me, there is no oh. excuse why he... Well, home didn't enter into it for me, but it was. But it's Cass didn't have a chance to make it home. But you, you think just like he thought, you know, I, I need help, I'm part of team free will I'm part of the supposedly we you know need each other we have this bond and he's I I think I finally have a place to sleep and eat and and do whatever here and I now all of a sudden I don't and I I don't know I'm I know I I, I'm not just personally invested in what Dean's doing. I, I, that's not the best way to explain it. I'm not angry at him. I'm just watching him get himself into more and more trouble. And I think, and, and, and you know, of course, you know, the more you lie, just the worse it gets. And that's what's happening. He's getting himself into worse and worse trouble. And I was thinking about this, and I said, I can see a point where Sam like tosses Dean out of the bunker and lets Cass back in, you know, and and uh, if he finds out everything that's that's going on and that's going to be a very, very angry scene. And I don't think that Dean is doing, you know, it's like I, I understand, but I don't approve. And I think it's, you know, he's getting into more and more trouble and he is he is being a jerk. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm just waiting to see what happens. And it's going to be a big mess. Yes. Yes, it will be. Um, His his lies lies about Ezekiel, you know, are just getting worse and worse every week. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. want. This isn't a big spoiler or anything, but the... Um, sneak peek clip for next weekend, for next week's episode. Uh, it has Dean talking to Sam, referencing some, referencing Ezekiel basically in it too. And Sam's like, "What are you talking about?" And mm-hmm. he, 
And so, yeah, I think Sam's li- Dean's lives are really falling apart quickly. And for somebody whose profession is basically of, to be a liar all his life, mm-hmm. you know, he's been lying, <laughs> he's really, really not doing a good job. I would hope that the reason that there's an explanation that he's not good at it because he has to lie. I can't even think it's just light a sound because even Sam lighting it all the time is fine. But I, I don't know. It is one of those things like at some point, you know, D, what happened? Oh, I picked out three demons. D, what happened? Oh, uh, I made a deal with her right before she stabbed Cassie. D, what happened? Oh, well, you know, the lightning was coming, but I put up my hand and I stopped it from hitting you. At what point, like, is Sam going to go, you know, either you're lying or you're Christ? I don't understand. <laughs> Well, I, I know. I mean, I think he's filing away these things, but I also think part of it is, is you know, we finally got back to a really good place, and I don't want to give it up, and I and I and I see it, but I don't want to believe it. You know, he's just it's there, and he knows it, but I don't think he's ready to face it yet, and he doesn't want to believe it about Dean. So I think that's where Sam. Sam is about that, and I think Dean is being such a terrible liar about this because because he's guilty and he feels terrible about what he's doing, and he feels this, he feels the same way. We finally got to a good place, and here I am again, you know, just burying myself in this. And and yeah, it's bad, and it's bad, Dean. But you know, it's not. It's something that Sam did in the past. I mean, both of them have their have their time of, you know, lying to the other one about some really, really big things. So, and it doesn't make it right, and it doesn't make one better than the other, but it's it's not unheard of. (laughs) I don't have a problem with him lying for the reasons that he has, because he, you know, Ezekiel has told him that Sam gets rid of him and Sam will die. Because Ezekiel told him if Sam gets rid of me, Sam will die. I have no problem with him lying to Sam. I, I think it really is what's bugging me is how poorly he's lying to Sam. And I'm really, I really feel that this is part of the, part of the plot is to have this as a problem, but, oh, oops, Cass is dead. Oh, let's fix that. Oh, oops, Charlie is dead. Well, let's fix that. And to the point where I hate to repeat myself, but it's farcical. It's very much like, yeah, yeah, we get it. So there's, there hasn't really been an impact to people, to Sam and Dean dying for years. <laughs> you're like, yeah, whatever, you're dead. See you next week. But now there's not even an impact to a side character dying. You're like, oh, okay. So you're back. Good. And I, you know, for a show that's supposed to be scary, I dislike how unscary it's become. Basically, Mrs. Tran is the only person who's died that has come back. her, she might not be dead. I really hope she's not dead. I really hope she's not dead. I miss Laura Tom. She's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm also with people that's very much like, I I don't care about people being alive on the show just because I like the person. So, um... You know, like we argue, Bobby needs to stay dead. 
I love um, Jim Beaver, but Jim Beaver is not Bobby. So if Mrs. Tramp is dead as some kind of motivation for the growth of Kevin's character, who is a, a much more intricate character than she is, then fine. Uh, that's fine. As much as I love Lauren Tom, I, I get it on a story on a storyboard point. At this point, like, this is not obvious in the spoilers, I don't know, but I can't even think what Castiel's going to do at the end of the season other than die. He, I don't I, what else is he going to do but die? He's either going to die and go to heaven as a soul or somehow end up an angel again, but he can't stay human, and I feel like he has to die. I, and I love Misha Collins, and I really like Castiel as a character, but I'm at the point where I think the character needs to die, and not for, not for just, like, two or three seconds. I yeah I I agree with that and it's you know like I said love Castiel love Misha Collins uh, seriously you can't find a much nicer person than Misha no uh, but yeah his character I don't see how what else much you can do with it you know I love that they turned him human and I'm really really enjoying seeing him going through the changes and adjusting to being a human I'm I'm, I'm loving that. I'm fine if that's all they do with him all year is have him adjust to, adjust to being a human. But at some point, you know, he's got to have an actual use, an actual point for still being on the show. And right now I, I don't do know. I think that for most, you know, you and I, you know, all of us come from genre television shows where the end product of redemption the way to redeem yourself is to die. You have to sacrifice yourself. You die. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, or you Bye. throw yourself. You toss yourself into the fray, and it's assumed you die. Whatever the case may be, but that's always you. Know, even in in Buffy, like Spike, his redemption of getting a soul in a way that is a death. So I really, like, characterizationally, I think it's, I don't understand what they'll do with Castiel at the end of the season. It's, you know, all five points was getting a season 10, so I don't understand how he would fit into season 10 at all. I really don't. And going along on this whole, on with the redemption talking story here, I feel that's kind of where Crowley is going. I know you and I kind of, when we were tweeting about the point of him taking the shot of Kevin's blood at the end. Yeah, I see it as him becoming human, and you see it differently. I think he's too angry with Abaddon to want to be human before he takes care of her, before he settles that. He's too angry. Like For him, being human is a weakness. So I think someone left a comment on my recap that I was like, oh, yes. I like that. This is my new headcanon. So I told them I was going to steal that from my headcanon. But their point, their, the point they made was, what if Crowley is trying to be just human enough to where all the demon warding doesn't work anymore? Mm. Where he becomes some kind of, like, hybrid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, headcanon accepted. This I will go with. Because and a lot of us spent uh, you know a good chunk of our, our time the other day tweeting back and forth about 
about the syringe to begin with because when I was recapping the episode, I washed the scenes with the syringes over and over. I had my face inside of my laptop. Brightness turned all the way up, and I was like, I don't see where he got the syringe. I don't see where there was any blood left. I'm still perplexed. There, okay, I, I watched it again today really closely to see if there was blood, and there was definitely when um, he when they laid when they laid it down after putting um, in the bowl. blood in, in the bowl. There's definitely about an inch or so of blood left in it. What if, mm, this is a semantic see, issue here, for me. The bowl of blood that Crowley made a call with. Number one, the amount of Blood in that bowl was way more than it was in the syringe to begin with, let alone mm-hmm. if you left an inch of blood in the syringe. And for, yeah. an episode that has, for an episode that referenced continuity so well, I was like, and yet you have a continuity fail. Great. Speaking of the continuity, remind me there's something I want to mention about that. But going on along with this whole blood bowl thing, uh, yeah, I agree that there was way too much blood in that, but Eh, they do shows do that all the time. I I, I can. But, and my I, thing is, is that as a viewer, or as a, as a writer and an editor of a television show, you have to assume that your viewer is going to watch your episode once or twice. You can't make it that hard for your viewer to understand what happened. That's just, it's not my right. where I was confused about it was, you know, which I'm I'm assuming we'll find out the reason next week if you know or at least somewhere along the line, of course, because it was too big a thing. The Sam caught him doing it. Sam was basically more like, the way I saw Sam's reaction was it wasn't that he was catching Cassio, um, catching Crowley doing something evil and that needed to be stopped. It was more like he was catching Crowley, say, um, like if you sh- caught someone shooting up drugs. You know, you'll be like, oh, my God. And, and you know, and that, the impression I got of it was he was catching Crowley doing something that Crowley would have been embarrassed to be caught doing. And after the what happened in the church in the season eight finale, and we saw him, you know, crying and Crowley crying and talking about, you know, he doesn't even know where to begin to be forgiven and all this. And then after his talk with Abaddon and this episode and everything, I feel Crowley is basically giving up, maybe even, you know, like would be considered suicidal, which suicide was a theme in this episode. And so that's where I I feel like Crowley is like basically giving up. He's like, Abaddon's taken over, uh, you know, He's been in a depression after almost becoming human anyways. He's just giving up. Hmm. I don't know. I He's so egotistical mm-hmm. that I I don't know if he's that far gone just yet. I know he if, if they had bought, kept going with the procedure to, to finish and, and turn him human, I'd, I'd agree, but I, I don't know. I think he's too angry at Abaddon. I, I, I think he's. I think he's just too mad at her, and I think he's too. He'd be only too happy to get back to Helen Ruler. Um, and then 
going yeah. on with that? I don't know. Could it have been he was injecting Kevin, who's a prophet, blood, because he knew yeah. Kevin's blood, being a prophet of the Lord, had some special powers or something to it. Yeah. I yeah, it's kind of like, well, how can this help me? You know, he's very egotistical. You know, I we have three callers and couple one of them's been waiting a very long time so i i feel like we should let them on and yeah. and uh let her on be on um hello winchester radio you still there hello? yes hi hi, hi how are you doing good, good. i'm calling you? from uh Bode, iowa how are you guys doing good 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 i wanted to yeah. um Say something. I've been listening to you guys talk, and um, that angel, um, what was his name, Ephraim, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that still had his powers. Is it only? Do you think it only that Castiel doesn't have his powers because um, his powers, his grace was taken as part of that spell to cast out the angels out of heaven? So it, when they fell, did everybody lose their powers, or just Castiel because his grace was part of the spell to cast them uh-huh. out? He lost all of his because of his grace, and Hale, Hale explained it in the first episode, I just can't remember, but that there were, like, varying degrees of how much power they still have. No, is that how it is? Because I couldn't figure, it just didn't, I, you know, I, in the beginning yeah. I couldn't figure out why these people were, were, you know, disintegrating, and then when they, you mm-hmm. know, Castiel went with Dean and they, they found out who it was, and, um, you know, then he said he was there for... Cass, actually, I thought, was, I thought it was for the baby at first, you know, and it worked out. Um, they, they ended up killing Ephraim, but it just was surprising that I, did, I thought that when the angels fell, they were all had fallen, and they had no more powers. I can't remember if it was, now I can't remember if it was actually Hale that said it, or if it was Jeremy Carver in an interview. <laughs> but, but remember, their um, powers was, was very... Yeah, Ezekiel, you know, as we know, he still has his powers, because he's healed... Yes. Charlie and he's had Sam and he's brought Castiel back to life and so the angels still have some of their powers if not most of them um, mm-hmm. but yeah for Castiel he has nothing he is pure human because Metatron cut his throat and took his took his grace last season so. okay well that yeah that was I you know I've watched this series since it started and I watch it every morning for a couple two or three hours I've watched it all the way through about ten times and uh, my daughter really enjoys it too but um, it just sometimes it seems like when they skip around you lose a little bit sometimes because this to me and a very dedicated Supernatural fan um, they've taken the show a little bit in a different direction so far and I've loved it you know but I'm ready for it to get to next week um, when they're supposed to be scary, you know, I actually didn't watch I it for a while because it was scary, and then I started watching it, and I love it, and I, I like the, you know, the brotherhood between uh, Jared and Jensen. It's great. Their chemistry is great. Everybody is, but I think that they really need to get back on track. And, and by the way, how did Eze- how did Ezekiel get into um, um, Sa- Dean? I mean Sam, if he couldn't verbally speak to allow him in. I have yet to figure that, that one out. That was um, there was that the whole scene. trick in, in episode one yeah. where he got he got Sam to agree while pretending to be Dean. Okay, mm-hmm. because I'm thinking you have to invite him in, and he was unconscious. Next thing you know, 
You know, and I think that Sam's going to figure it out pretty soon. Yeah, he ba- he basically mm-hmm. loopholed Sam into it. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate you letting me be on with you guys, and, and um, I enjoy the show, and I like your website, and um, I wish you guys a lot of luck, and I look forward to Supernatural on Tuesdays, 8 o'clock Central. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> okay. You guys have a good night. You, you too. Thanks for calling. Okay. You too. All right, honey. Thank you. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. She's good at that that eight seven the eight o'clock central. I'm always like, it's on channel thirteen <laughs> at eight and nine. I do agree with her. I'm looking forward to um the scary episodes. I missed the scary episodes, so I, I agree with mm-hmm. her on that. I was talking mm-hmm. to you know, we've had we've had Carissa on our podcast before. Uh, Carissa three seven three and I was talking about well she didn't let me talk about it because she's making me save it for the mid season review. But I started to talk about how much I really miss the darkness of the of the episodes and you know, I was telling somebody else when I was trying to figure out the blood scene that I kept turning off the brightness. I was like, Oh, I kinda you know, as much as irritated as I was trying to turn off the brightness, I was like, I miss the days when you had to turn up the brightness to see something that happened on Supernatural. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's that's one thing, well, not the darkness. You talked about that before. I do miss that kind of washed-out, watercolory kind of way they mm-hmm. used to shoot in the first couple of seasons. But talking about the angels and, and you know, she was talking about what powers they had or didn't have and, that's the thing about, if Cass is human, how can he hear the angel radio? And I know, I don't know, I guess we talked about Anna and everything. So yeah, I, I think, guess he's not completely yeah. human. There's still something about him where he can still sort of tune in. He can't do much about it but or anything else, but he can at least hear angel yeah, radio it, and know what's out there. Uh, yeah, for some reason, if you've, been an angel before and you're not an angel no longer you can still hear angel radio for some reason that was established with anna so yeah i guess you know i do like the continuity mm-hmm. that's going with castile i do like that but yeah bringing up continuity i wanted to mention i don't know if it was on purpose or it was probably just because it was a pretty sign but when Abaddon, when, when we finally see her and she's standing there at the garbage can after cutting somebody's throat, there's the castle storage neon sign. Castle storage was where John had a lot of Yes. Yeah. And that's where they were supposedly go to um, Becky sent them in season five to find the Michael Sword, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So was it was it supposed to be she was at John Winchester's storage for some mm. reason, or was it just because you know they were using that neon sign because they had it and it's pretty? <laughs> <laughs> I would love for it to bring John back into it some way, you know, whether even if it's just in words that it's something John has. Because I mm. miss, I really miss the the lore of basically John Winchester being the greatest hunter that ever was. I miss mm-hmm. that. I miss it. I miss John's journal. There's so much about all this. I'm a huge John Winchester, like, apologist. So any time that somebody comes in and goes, and by the way, John Winchester was awesome, I'm like, right, thank you. So I'm, I'm hoping that she was there specifically looking for something that John may have had. 
is what I'm I hoping. couldn't figure out why that was familiar to me, and I was like, something was nagging at the back of my head. Mm. Yes, thank you. Well, could it be that Castle Storage is a chain? I'm sorry. <laughs> you and your logic. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm no sorry. one requested I logic. <laughs> I just rained on your John Winchester parade. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, really I'm going to pull out a John Winchester umbrella. <laughs> you can't play anymore. I know. Well, and like, I can't hear you. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get into it next week because I don't know how many people, you know, watch the combos and stuff. But I have a huge, like, John Winchester thing in my head. But we'll discuss it next week. Yeah. Yeah, next week will definitely be appropriate uh, considering the description and the preview and all that. So yeah. shall I don't see. know how many I... people actually watch the promos or say, you know, completely spoiler-free. So I don't want to get into that anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a co- more callers. They've been waiting a little bit. So maybe we'll put the next one on, see what's going on. Hello, Winchester Radio. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. I was um, listening to what you had to say about um, Castiel and um, killing him off. I mean, that's an awful lot of viewers that are going to stop watching. I mean, a million people are actually on his Twitter. That's a lot to lose in the ratings. Well, just I mean, I follow him on Twitter, but I won't stop watching the show if he's not on it. I follow Jim Beaver on Twitter, and he's not on it. Right. It's not really indicative of viewership. As there might be some people that will stop watching, but I don't think, like you have to think, the average ratings we're getting for this season is, I guess you did the math, it's probably like 2.2 on average. Mm -hmm. Half of that is a million point one. Not all that one million point one are the people that follow Misha on Twitter. Or like for us, that we have our personal Twitters, and Winchester goes to the Twitter, so that's four accounts following Misha. Mm-hmm. But really, we're only really we're only three people. All right. So I don't I don't think I don't think people who watch the show for the show and watch the show for a progressing storyline will necessarily mm-hmm. drop the show just for that. Personally. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that that was one thing that, you know, I, I still think there's going to be uh, something pertinent that's going to happen at the end of the season that's going to, you know, make everything that Cass is going through worth worth it. I do agree with you, though, that it really bothers me how Dean is treating him. I wish, you know, I can't understand how he didn't. Give that guy some money, do something. Well, he had to have an I idea. Personally, the weird thing is for me it's in character because I've mm-hmm. always had a problem with the way Dean treats Castillo. Always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which is why I said I don't feel that Dean is a friend of Castillo. Castillo's friend with Balthazar. And no right. one ever, no one can ever take that away from That's mine. But I really feel that way. I don't right. think Dean has ever been a good friend of Castillo. So the fact that he didn't give him money, while I don't like it, I do think mm-hmm. it's in character. I just don't like it. Right, right. I, I would love for Dean to be a better friend to people because I think he's kind of a crappy one. Yeah, I do agree with you on that. I do think it was funny, though, when Misha was singing 
or when Cash was singing to the baby, Misha was tweeting that he, that he was gonna he was gonna have um, make a, a children's lullaby uh, DVD and be and uh, I tweeted back to him because he had said something about um, we had to get, give a certain amount of money uh, to get it going, and I was like, okay, Misha, how much do you want? <laughs> I think that'd be a great thing for him to do for random acts. Oh, I agree with you on that. That would that'd be, be that would be a really fun way to raise money for random acts because random acts is one of my favorite things about Misha Collins. So, yeah, you know, mm. you know, you know, Winchester you know, Rose. If there's a charity involved, we're that's our kind of more our fandom is charity. Yeah, so, that's, yeah, I would. That's true. Um, Dear Misha, if you happen to be listening to us, there is your next charity endeavor. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) I do like that. I couldn't believe how low his voice got. I mean, he complains about how low that his voice is all the time for cast, and then when he's singing, he was really low, and I was like, oh. Well, he had to sing as Cass, so of course his singing voice would be would be lower. But I I hope he had like a nice big cup of hot tea and honey and lemon waiting for him right off screen because speaking and singing in that voice must have just been killer for him. Oh, I, thought about, I thought about when James Marston used to say how hard it was to sing as Spike because you know he's actually American, not English, and so I was thinking about that. Like, or like when Jensen says, it's actually he has to actually make a conscious effort to sing badly as Dean. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but I I enjoyed him singing. Mm. That was a big. I couldn't believe that um, Great American Hero actually trended during that scene. Actually, <laughs> it, it trended and then it, it dropped right off right after. And I was like. Wow, that's a lot of people, you know, talking about that one song. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Mhm. But uh, yeah, that was very interesting. I um, but yes, I do. I you know, I do appreciate all of your hard work and everything that you do on your websites and here. Uh, I surely appreciate it. Uh, and thank you. I hope that you guys have a good night, and thank you for letting me speak. Thank you. Oh, thank thank you. you. Thanks for calling. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. We do have more callers, but we can... One of them's been waiting a little while, so... Mm-hmm. Let's go for that. Hello, Winchester Radio. You're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hello. Oh, I'm not sure how this works because I'm on my phone and I'm listening and talking. Are you there? Thanks for calling. Yes, we sure are. Yeah, okay. If you're listening to two different things, just turn down the main thing that you're listening to and do that as a phone call. Okay. I want to say how brave you are to say what you did earlier about going off past the old bus, kind of agree. I think you're... Can you hear me? 
He's saying we're brave for what we said about killing Castiel, but he agrees with us. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, this is not uncommon for people to mistake me for a guy, but I am a girl. Woman. Uh, I apologize. I'm sorry. I apologize. Don't worry. Don't worry. I met you guys in Vegas. That's not a problem, but um, then I want (laughs) to... I want to comment on the blood thing. Since I'm a former lab person, that blood would have been clotted in a syringe when he went to put it in his arm. They needed a tech advisor for that. Good point. Good point. Good point. Maybe a medical advisor for that episode. Right. Or just a quick Google. Just give us a quick Google. And most, and most uh, since I used to draw blood, you pretty much never buried a needle in someone's arm all the way to the hub, like seven jammed it in. I think my, mother, my mother had such a huge issue with that. She's like, no, you would never draw blood like that. I know. I, yeah, it always kills me how on TV they just put the needle in without looking for the vein or anything. You know, it drives mm-hmm. me crazy. And it goes well, straight in and not... Not at an angle yeah. because if you dab a needle straight in, it's just going to go all the way through vein and muscle and who knows what. And you've got to go I mean, I have to at give, an angle. I have to give Osric yeah. credit for at least going in the crook of the arm. That's the very least. <laughs> yeah. Because I think when they yeah. jab it in their forearm and draw blood, I'm like, really? Okay. Right. So, <laughs> I just had to chuckle. My other friend and I who are avid fans are both former lab people, and we just chuckled at all of that. But thank you for your continued podcast. And I just, first time I've ever called in. And I love this show. Thank you. (laughs) I do agree agree that uh, I don't know what else they can do with CAP. And I love Nisha too, but brothers need to be the focus. We have amazing writers. We have amazing writers. So I. I totally can see them coming up with something really, really great to keep him around. But if mm-hmm. it's not a, if they really if want me to watch the spin-off, one guaranteed way to get me to watch the spin-off is to make me should call the regular on it. I'm there. I won't even yeah. hesitate. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Ooh, good point. Because I'm somebody that didn't watch Angel for so long, which is Buffy's spin-off, and I was like, eh, hey, whatever, you're not Buffy. But, uh, yeah, if they... They give me cast on that. I'm good. I'm good to go. I'll let you go in case you have another caller. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. Now, I wanted to mention, how long has it been since Crowley's been wearing the same clothes? (laughs) <laughs> no, see, that doesn't work because Cassie wore that trench coat and suit for four years. Oh, my God, he's been in a trunk, <laughs> rode around <laughs> forever, tied up in that dungeon. Are they letting him shower, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Unlikely. <laughs> and I don't know if demons have to go to the bathroom. I don't know. But, you know, and that's always my problem until in a movie where someone's been held captive for, like, weeks 
and they're, like, only moderately dirty and completely unsoiled. And I'm like, oh, really? Your bladder just stopped working? Everything stopped functioning because you were captive? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's actually an issue I always have. I can excuse it because I'm going to go, well, he's probably the demon. He doesn't. But, yeah. I'm going to assume the demons don't sweat. Yeah, I'll have to go with that because it's like, oh my god, that was have to have to be the most disgusting clothes. <laughs> well, I mean, Cass had kind of angelic dry cleaning skills, so you know, whenever his coat got dirty or bloodied or shot up or stabbed, it was always in good shape. So, I suppose you could have demon dry cleaning skills, and Crowley was the king of hell. So, and he was very True. particular about True. his. Suits and clothes, so, I mean, if he, he has been stuck in those a long time, I mean, his sensibility must be just beyond, you know, uh, disturbed with all this. But, but yeah, that is that is something about his TV shows in general where somebody's captured, tied up, chained up for, you know, days or a week or whatever, and I'm like, it must, how can you even be in the same room with that person? <laughs> Did you ever, you know, they probably, uh, to be blunt, they've been peeing themselves for at least four or five days. If you mm-hmm. even give them any water, of well, course. But, uh, yeah, like, so Crowley, you know, Crowley's not the There's someone who goes camping for an extended period of time, and you go, like, legitimately, like, roughing at camping, you really don't, mm-hmm. sh- you don't shower for three or four days, and when you, mm-hmm. or it's I clean up, and even you start to get kind of like, I can't stand myself. <laughs> I always, I, yeah. actually, <laughs> I actually always have that issue, too. This is kind of a side note. But, like, with The Walking Dead, I'm like, Oh, I was going to bring that up. That's sex a- with, you, you stop having sex with each other. You don't have deodorant. You smell. Stop it. I know. Yeah. And they go on raids on the different stores in The Walking Dead. I mean, you never see anybody pick up, like, a handful of deodorant and Body wash, or, yeah. Anything. Although I did like, this is a complete tangent, but I really liked in this last episode of The Walking Dead where Rick was like, make sure they brush their teeth after the fruit leather, and I was like, yes, because cavities get infected and infections kill. Good job, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I'm gonna go, I'm just gonna go ahead and hope that Crowley can't he has no bodily function, and that includes like lamps. Yeah, probably and I'm not. I'm going to go with that for my own peace of mind. I will have to go with you with that. Otherwise, it will drive me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, we have another caller. So we'll go with that. Hello, Winchester Radio. You're on the air with us. Hi. To me? Ah. Hi there. Uh, my name is Chris. Uh, huge fan of Supernatural. Um, I can remember driving home from Mom, like, a bunch of yards and looking up and seeing this big uh, billboard that had the brothers on it, and they're holding those cool-looking knobs. And I'm like, wow, that looks so cool. And that was back in September of '05, and could not wait to could not wait to watch it. And all of a sudden, it has blown me away. I love it. I'm 38 years old. Cannot wait to watch the next episode. And there's just a few little things that I wish they would kind of make it a little bit more darker, like the last, I don't know if you remember the first couple of seasons, like the 
for instance, the Wendigo, you know, that scared the crap out of me. Uh-huh. And I just, uh, it's kind of like, it, it's really good, but I just kind of wish you'd go kind of a little bit more darker. Do I sound kind of dumb when I say this, but do you know what I'm trying to say? I completely yeah. agree with you. Yes, I yes. totally agree. Yes, they need to go back to some scarier episodes. I full-fledged agree with you. And I mean, I, <laughs> and I just, I mean, it's just, there's nothing, I mean, I wish they would come out with a, a supernatural video game. That's how much I'm fan yes. of it. Because I'll, you know, I have a five-year-old daughter, and she's she's watched it with me, just not the scary stuff, but, you know, my stepdaughters love it. Uh, that, Arrow, and the Vampire Diaries, that you just can't get enough of. Mm-hmm. And it shows. It shows. <laughs> yeah, I see, yeah, I'm a big Arrow fan, <laughs> but, you know, natural, just can't get enough of it. It's just like, I don't know. It, it, I just hope it don't ever end. And unfortunately, you know, don't ever say that, but, you know, it's a great show. And, you know, every time my, uh, my wife sees the pictures of uh, Dean, she's like, wow. I'm like, really? <laughs> and every Halloween for the past probably, let's see, eight years I wear as Dean. The black jacket, oh. blue jeans, boots. Like, who are you going as? Uh, Dean Winchester. Who's that? Greatest show, you got to watch it. And people come back, dude, that's the coolest show I've ever seen. So we have all my cousins, boys, girls, they love it, you know. And it's just not a, it's pretty, I don't know, it's it's a great show. And I just want to call up and tell you, love listening to you guys. And, um, thank you. What I'm calling. Hi. I want to ask letting. you real, real quick, I see your area code is 423, that's Tennessee, right? Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay, I'm from Kentucky, so I was like, oh, wow. hey. <laughs> you just, uh, you're not too far from me. No. What part of Kentucky? Do you know where Cumberland Falls is? Yes, I've heard of that. That's where I'm from, right there. Wow, that's beautiful. And Very you beautiful. said Chattanooga? I'm sorry, what? Did you say Chattanooga, Tennessee? Chattanooga, Tennessee, yes. I drove through there a few weeks ago, uh, going to my son's um, basic training in Fort Benning, Georgia. So. Oh wow! What kind of training? Yeah. Did you say basic training? He's uh, Army. He was Army basic oh. training. <clears throat> well, tell him thank you for defending us. That's really cool. I will. De- well, I will definitely let him know. Thank you. Thank you, and you <laughs> you guys have a good night. And I'll talk to you later. Thanks for calling. Oh, no, okay, thank thanks you. Thanks for calling. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye. I had to ask him where he's from because he sounds exactly like everybody from here. I'm like, he has our accent. I have to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I heard that. I said, that sounds familiar. <laughs> that was very nice. I really, this is so weird, so I hope it's not the way I intended to. The past several weeks we've gotten at least one male caller per show, at least. And I love that guys love the show because it's, for so many years, everyone was like, yeah, yeah, but only girls watch it. Girls only watch it because, you know, fans and are, are hot, blah, blah, blah. And I'm so glad when when you get a, 
a guy that's like, yeah, I just think the show's super cool. I'm like, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty awesome. But, you know, we've all been to conventions, and those, you know, are very, that's a lot of estrogen. And if you remember, the Nashville ones we went to, the Nashville and Tennessee, had more yeah. guys than, had more guys like, than any Jesus. other convention. <laughs> There's so many dudes. This is awesome. <laughs> so Tennessee is full of male Supernatural fans. That's awesome. But, and I can see why <laughs> it does appeal to a, a Southern contingent. Hmm. I mean, I, I would, I'm almost surprised that, I mean, I can see if obviously why, why women love Jensen and Jared, Sam and Dean, but there's so many other elements to Supernatural that are guy things from weapons to, you know, boots and cool hunting cars. and cool cars and, you know, their fight scenes and, you know, they're, they're playing pool, they're badass, they drink. I mean, yeah, there's plenty that a lot of guys like there. You know, not every guy is like that. I don't want to make a blanket statement, but, yeah, overall... Them, you know, or like he said that you know from the very beginning he saw the billboard with them having their weaponry, but it takes some time for someone going because you know you tell them like what's on the CW and they go oh okay because that is you think of it as a chick station you think Vampire Diaries you think Beating the Beast you think Gilmore Girls you think you know if you go back to WB days you think Dawson's Creek. And you kind of just get guys mm-hmm. going, oh, yeah, my girlfriend watches that station. You're like, no, no, really, there's guns, I promise. Mm. Well, there's now nothing. there's, I mean, vampire diaries. I mean, you know, pretty pretty badass vampires, the originals now. Uh, Arrow. Uh, I'm so sure. Arrow, yes. I don't watch vampire diaries or the originals. I have, like, this huge block about those shows. No, no. <laughs> Sorry. I don't watch the originals because I'm too far behind, but I, I actually enjoy Vampire Diaries. I'm behind on that, too. I'm behind on everything. You have to watch, but you have to watch I, the originals. I really like it. It was very good. Originals, like I was telling um, Vinny earlier this week, originals is like what Buffy was to, like what Angel was to Buffy. But Angel was like the adult version, more grown-up version mm-hmm. for, of Buffy, mm-hmm. and it's the same way with originals. I'm finding it more grown-up version. Vampire Diaries are still basically, even though they've graduated into college this year, it's still very high school. And mm-hmm. But Originals is the more older grown-up version. I'm really, really enjoying the Originals. I will take your word for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, uh, and yeah, there's not, there's not, there's not a lot about those two shows at all. Sorry, love everybody. Love those shows. I'm sorry. And you've got to love Stephen Amell on Arrow. He's awesome. Yeah. Who? I'm sorry. Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell. Oh, yes. I love him. He's the coolest. We adore him. <laughs> I love it yeah. when he and Jared tweet back and forth. So much fun. Yeah. Well, I made the mistake uh, this past VanCon. I was telling Jared something else. Oh, we had to find the arrow bag. And he was like, oh, he's a great dad. I was like, I know. He's like the nicest guy I've ever met. And he was like, wow, really? Thanks. I was like, oh, sorry. Hey, oh, uh, yeah. Jared said to you, third nicest. Remember? He said, third? <laughs> oh, what a story. <laughs> he was like, he's the nicest actor I've ever met. And he was like, I'm so sorry for so lucky. <laughs> oh, God. Please, please find out myself. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yes, we we love Stephen Amell very much. Plus, you know, he has a wine company, so he's attractive. He's arrow. He's nice, and he has booze. He's a flawless person. Flawless. <laughs> oh, this scene is on right now, and I wanted to mention it. The guy at the beginning is going to shoot himself. It uh-huh. did that not seem like that was it back in the past. I mean, he's okay, got yes. it. Can we talk about the rotary phone, please? Yes. He had a black and white photograph. Got an antique gun, an antique phone, a photograph that looked like his wife and daughter were in the dust bowl, you know, back in Brings the Brown days. And it's like, I don't get this. And he's supposed to be in present time. It's like, why did they make him an antique? Well, you know, step up with the earring in his ear, which is not really in style that way anymore. You know, most guys have their ears pierced. They have both ears pierced, and they usually have some kind of gauge going on. And I'm like, really? You just have this little dainty cross? Okay, sure. Maybe maybe seven called. It's no. It was really strange. (laughs) It did feel really, really weird. Speaking of that, I know. Yeah, I at first thought Ephraim had went back in time or something, you know, at the time we didn't know his name. <laughs> but I thought, you know, he's gone back in time. But no, you know, we show, we see Dean and the police showing up there, so it's now. So, yeah, I was totally confused. Yeah, the rotary phone threw me off, and I was like, and we're going to pan it to the black and white photo. And like you said, they look like they're in the dust bowl. <laughs> yeah. What year is this again? Right. Um, going back to that same scene, I was really, this is such a, like, one of those, like, oh, I was really glad to hear the, what I call the Yellow Eye Demon song. Ah, uh, yeah. Because it's the same musical um, arrangement when John reveals that he's the Yellow Eye Demon. When Ephraim steps into, into frame, I was like, huh, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that was an interesting choice for that. Speaking of Ephraim, we found out yet another kind of angel in this episode. Yeah. The yeah. kind that were sort of angel medics, that if they couldn't cure an angel, they basically practiced euthanasia. <laughs> they were Mercy angel Kevorkians. Angel Dr. Kevorkians. Yes. They were angelic Kevorkians, and they were called the Rietzine I guess, and I apologize if I butchered that German pronunciation, Hands of Mercy. Um, I have a feeling Misha butchered it, too, because this should, this should have harder. But, you know, I think we're okay. What? Well, I guess Cassie L butchered it, not Misha. I'm pretty sure Misha could probably say it right. <laughs> um, yeah, so... A core I think she can do everything. <laughs> like, oh, Misha can speak German, whatever. <laughs> oh. I like the I like that he made it a point to mention that the Rudizian kill as close to painlessly as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also like which I find also kind of terrifying, like I feel bad for Castiel, but I like that he was like the ebb and flow of human emotions is so overwhelming. He's been here for a few years. I thought hanging around with the Winchesters and dealing with that emotional ebb and flow I'm surprised Cassiel's head hadn't exploded. Can you imagine yeah. having to feel that? Mm. 
I can't even imagine. Yeah. A lot of emotional turmoil. Mm-hmm. And I found it interesting also, you know, we always think about Dean just being so, you know, just we always think of Dean as having no purpose and him not thinking enough of himself and all that. But that, you know, obviously Cassiel's pain is greater than Dean's pain as far as Ethan was concerned. Yeah, because he didn't go Because to it wasn't that he was out to get Castiel out of anger. He was going to put Castiel out of his misery, what he assumed, what he felt was Castiel's misery. That's true, yeah. But, so, you know, he wasn't very good at differentiating between the different types of emotional pain, like yeah. the, the man in the first part of the episode was real, truly and truly rock-bottom, you know, it, it, horrible circumstances in his life. And then the the high school girl on the bus, she's just very surface. She's mad at her boyfriend for dumping her. That's, you know, in the grand scheme of emotional problems, yes, it feels but important I, to her. Like but that. And he was just like, like, just like whatever it is, okay, I've decided, and it's black and white, and you're in pain, so you're out of here. <laughs> no, but I think that's, that is kind of indicative of the teenage girl, or the teen, teenager period, but where you just feel like, oh, my God, I could just die. And that pain is so intense at that point. And I kind of thought about, like, when, um, when Buffy tells Willow, you know, everything's going bad with Angel, and she says, right now I'm just kind of keep from dying. Because uh, everything does feel just so final when you're a teenager. And so even her friend was like, yeah, she's kind of bummed, but this girl was like, my life is over, and it was social suicide, and I could just die. And she probably, like, you know, teenage hormones are just so crazy. So I do, I, I kind of, and I like that, you know, Castile did explain that bleeding or not, it's intense. The human emotions are just that intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he doesn't get them to know that that probably going pro, not always, but probably going to be transient. And then, and like he has no way to to put it through like a human emotion meter where he understands that she'll probably mm-hmm. get through this. But maybe the first man is much more complicated, much more more serious. Really, even though that feels very real to the teenage girl, it. It's not that it isn't real. It's just a little. It's perspective. Perspective. Yeah. He has. He has no way of telling that. You know, it's it, it, the differences. So that was interesting. How about? Um, do you think it's a completely different uh, subject? Uh, but about the episode, do you think Crowley told the truth when he was interpreting that language and said that there's no way to change change. Um, this spell, but they're yeah. yeah. I think, think that as far as not? what he read, I think as far as what he read, he was honest about. I think they're going to discover. This is my theory, or I'm sure I'm not the only member of this theory, but I'm saying nothing really indicates this. But I think what it's going to come down to is, I think Castiel's grace. But it's going to be the hunt for Castiel's grace because I think that's going to be the key to to fixing this. I I completely agree with you. Because it took those three things to come to, to to make this spell happen, so it would have to, you know, to to make the spell reverse itself. You would pretty much need the same three things, I would think. 
And I agree with you. It will. It will. Um, I think it'll end up with they'll have to get Castile's grace back from medical. And that's mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons I do think that toy. The, what I this I think. I think that it's going to come down to what's going to make the choice for Castiel, whether he stays human or becomes an angel again, is I think he's going to have to take his grace back in. And so that's what's going to make the choice for him. So whether he wants to stay human or not is going to be irrelevant in the grand scheme of it. If you want to fix this, you have to take your grace back in. There's no way around that, I think. Um. And it reminds me very much, Charmed had its good moments, mostly bad moments, but Charmed did have a few good moments here and there. And there was a scene where Cole had become the source of all evil, and then he became good again. And then to be able to save the world and everything, he had to take in all that evil Mm -hmm. again. And so everybody's, you know... Alyssa Milano's character, Phoebe, was like, you know, but he just, you know, he, you know, she hated to do it because he just became good and he was happy, and but they had to do it, and it reminds me a lot of that. Cole, Cole was the only good part about that show. So true. I'm gonna put that out there. <laughs> that was yeah. So the translation scene with Kevin trying to explain everything to Sam and Dean, that that was like one of my as-if moments because when they finally, the one thing, the one little phrase that Kevin happens to translate is falling angel out of all that. (laughs) Those are the two words that he happens to translate. (laughs) I'm like, really? (laughs) Out of all that? That's the two words that you need to know for sure that, this is what you're looking for, and he just happens to translate those two. Okay, it's TV. I'll go with it. Suspension of disbelief. Suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Like, okay. If Cassio can get a legitimate job, Kevin can decipher two yeah. measly words. <laughs> and be a babysitter. I guess I can, I can go with that translation. Yeah. And about, Ke- about Kevin translation translating abilities was he a prophet of the lord only supposed to be able to decipher the leviathan you know the leviathan well, no, right? because metatron wrote it in a way that was so that it wouldn't be decipherable because he's not he's had trouble deciphering everybody every you know the demon one and now the angel one and the only one he really didn't have that much problems with was the leviathan one well, the demon one is because he only had half of it. True. And I think with the, with the angel one is because that was Metatron's intent. He wrote it in code it or be, something? Yeah, but it's not, you know, it's not decipherable unless you are Metatron himself. What I don't understand is if you know, you're the only one that can read it, Metatron, why would you write it down? Everyone knows you never leave a paper trail. Do not leave a paper trail. Right, right, yeah. But, I mean, I guess he wouldn't be a very good villain if he was actually smart. Yeah, they have to tell their whole entire plan, you know, so. But I'm interested. This is my thing with what's going on right now. I think there's 
I trust the writers will sew it all up, but right now I feel like there's way too much going on. Like, you've got Buddy Boyle and Bartholomew, who, frankly, I'm quite bored by. Um, Bartholomew, I'm like, um, didn't we already deal with Brady? You're just like Brady Redux, whatever. And I wasn't that crazy about Brady, so. Um, and then we have Abaddon and Crowley, and we have Metatron will make a reappearance. And I think it's just, it feels messy. I'm sure it's not, there's, you know, there's a purpose. But right now it feels messy, and I think the order of the episodes was supposed to be this episode in between the last two, right? Originally? Uh, I know the episode order got changed around. It got switched, and I can't remember why. I know IMDb is messed up to where it mm. shows the same characters and actors for Dog Bean Afternoon and Heaven Can't Wait. Okay. okay. Let me so pull it up I think those are the two that got flipped, if I'm not mistaken. Those are the two that got flipped. And I really wish that they had stayed flipped because I think it would have helped the way the story is flowing. Having two filler episodes, I don't, uh, I don't think I don't personally think was a was a good move. Okay, I, it, the way it was supposed to be was next week's episode was supposed to be before Dog Dean Afternoon. It was supposed okay, to go. So it was supposed to be a serious episode in between the two not so serious episodes. No, it was um, it was always supposed to be Dog Dean Afternoon and this one in order. No, but I mean, I know I'm talking about um, Slumber Party. Kind of yeah, yeah, Slumber Party. Yeah, okay. It was supposed to be Slumber yeah, Party, supposed... something, then, then 908, and then. Yeah, Slumber Party, Bad Boys for next week, then Dog Dean Afternoon, and then this week's Heaven Can't Wait. Okay, so it was, so it was supposed to be longer before we saw yeah. Castiel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... I think they still should have split up the two lighter lighter episodes. They should have split them up better. I didn't like them being back-to-back. I knew there was supposed to be between them. I couldn't remember what. And I don't... Mm. I think having two episodes that didn't deal with the myth arc at all was... Especially when they have so much going on. It's not... I don't like it, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and I know part of that is colored by how I felt about uh, Dog Bean Afternoon, because especially, I think I gave it a lot of benefit of the doubt initially, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I really didn't like that episode. I liked moments of it, but as an episode, it'll be it'll probably be one that I either just get through to see Jensen act like a dog and move on, or I might skip entirely mm. like during during loose rewatches. It's not going to be an episode that I, you know. It's not going to come on TV and I'm going to be bummed that I have to go. <laughs> I have another reason that I feel bad about Cass in this in this episode. I mean, there's so many reasons to feel sorry for him, but yeah. here he is. Here he is trying to trying to be a good human, and before he was trying to do penance and make up for all the things that he did as an angel and all the things that he's done. And Harry's human, so it's sort of a little bit like he can start over and he can't make up on an angelic level, but he can be a good human. And 
I also think it's something that also ties into how Sam and Dean will never really have a normal life. Here, here, the angels, Cass didn't go looking for the angels, but the angels found him. He ended up killing yet another one of his brothers. Mm-hmm. So there's a, an emotional toll that that's going to take because he did his very best to just be a really good human, to do his job, keep the store clean, be a good babysitter, everything, and it's it still found him anyway. And that's another reason for him to not get too intertwined probably with the town population or Nora or the baby. Maybe he's not looking for the angels or looking for trouble or evil, but it's going to find him because they haven't forgotten about him. It's like Dean trying to have a normal life with Lisa and then Sam trying to as well, and and the life, the hunting life, finds them. They may not be looking for it, but they're never truly out of it because there's too much knowledge about them out there. The monsters will come looking for them. Hunters come looking for them. So I think Cass is is having the same issues. And I felt very sorry for him that as much as he tried to not be a part of it, he ended up killing yet another one of his fellow angels. But I felt very sorry for him. I felt that hurt not just that, but the fact that any time he does think about jumping back in the fray, it's constantly like, I want to help. I want to fix it. But every mm-hmm. time he comes in contact, he's already had to kill three angels. So mm-hmm. every time he can't help them, he has to kill them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt very badly for him. It's very sad. Yeah, it's very much like the, an episode of poor Cassiel. Mm-hmm. Which Misha, Misha did a great Cassiel job. Face. Yeah, he makes a sad Cassiel face so well. He's very, the end scene of Cassiel watching the news and, you know, watching them meet the quote-unquote meteor shower again, and just the look of despair on his face. Mm-hmm. What is he going to do? He, you know, and Dean telling him, you know, we'll take care of it. You don't worry. You go be human. I have to say, and I really, really like the fact that Cassio used the thorny rose to cut his hand for the blood. Okay. And mm. I know Robert, I think it was Robert Barron's, tweeted it, um, since he wrote it, I think it was him that tweeted it, that uh, originally in the script it was supposed to be some random knife in the kitchen, and Misha and the director decided on using the rose, and I think that was perfect. It was yeah, just made, really made a lot that. of sense. I really like that. Yeah, it was a great idea. looked awesome. And I, I, I get a kick out of Morbid. I get a kick out of whenever any of them has to use their own blood to make um, a sigil of any kind, whether it's a devil's trap or an angel be gone or whatever. I really morbidly enjoy that a lot. So the minute he ran his hand over the floor, I'm like, yes! <laughs> you're going to do the thing! Do the thing! Oh, it's a blood kink. <laughs> and it's so weird to see I don't have, like, usually blood, I'm like, ugh. 
gross. Keep your blood away. It's awful. It's possible like contagion. No. But whenever they're using their own blood to save something or fix something, I'm like, yes, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> and I don't know what that says about me, and I don't care. <laughs> uh, I have an actual sacrifice kink, not a blood kink. I have a sacrifice kink. Or I have a resourcefulness kink. It's a resourcefulness kink. I always want to know... On TV, everybody cuts their palm, you know, uh-huh. and, it, and it's like there's so much many better places to cut your, to, if you need blood, to cut than the palm of your hand. And, mm. you know. You ever cut your palm? That thing bleeds like crazy. Exactly. And it's like, why do they why do they cut there? And why doesn't everybody on television have a big, huge scar on the palm of their hand? Because everybody mm. gets it. Well, and I think that's part of why they do it is because for continuity, if you have, you know, if you slice your hand, like I've cut my hand open, and you can't tell that my scar isn't a lifeline. My scar is really, really faint, and it's easily a lifeline. So... I think it's for, like, TV and movie purposes somewhere that how often do they film the inside of somebody's hand and where can do how close is this close are. Because Sam's hands should be just, yeah, they mess. Yeah, he should still have the huge scar from, yeah, when he, he was. Have, yeah, he should have two big scars. But, yeah, like, for me, like, every time they roll up Sam and Dean's, you know, like, where are all the scars you guys have on your forearms from slicing yourself to prove you're human? Where are mm, right, right. Well, both of them have been healed, you know, completely often enough. I mean, I know lately there should be more, but, uh, but you know, over the years, the yeah. seasons, I mean, they, they haven't shown them, but then they have been healed, so I'm like, well, okay, that's why they're all gone. Five years ago. It's been five years and many a battle since Dean was last completely rebuilt. Mm-hmm. So. I, oh, it's that it's that you know special WB now CW healing thing. <laughs> you know they just stab <laughs> it on and exactly. <laughs> they're done. <laughs> exactly. Um, yep. But thanks for the help, really, really quickly. We kind of touched on before, but I'm so impressed with. The growth of the character and the way Andrek plays Kevin. I agree. I'm really impressed with how they took a character that could immediately become actually quite annoying and made him somebody that I'm really, really invested in and really, really look forward to having on screen. And the way Andrek plays him is just this really, really good balance of I'm terrified, but I'm indignant about it. I I agree. I I love I love Kevin. He's turned into one of my all time favorite characters. And mm. Osric is it's a testament to Osric for how great Kevin is. One episode we get him being so like I said indignant with Crowley, uh, but then at the beginning of the episode we have him just being so adorably nerdily earnest about the volume. Like oh don't worry, we have all of them. She's like, oh, yay! And then we're going to turn around, you know, in the very next scene and call Dion Hish on his 
motivation for wanting to leave would be like, yeah, you really just want to get out of this, but go on. You're actually more of a hindrance than help. So I really, I really, 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 I enjoy Kevin in season seven and eight, but right now is probably the most I enjoy him. Which words? Well, while our live show is still on, we need, uh, want to remind everybody to keep voting for Supernatural and the People's Choice Awards. Um, you know, the Beauty and the Beast fans are really working hard because their um, their show may not get renewed for next season. And so in trying to ensure their show getting renewed, they're really, really working hard to get the win for Beauty and the Beast for favorite sci-fi fantasy shows. So... You know, we we got to show them that the Supernatural fans, you know, we won last mm-hmm. year's award for for Best Fandom for a reason. And we need, you know, so we got to keep on voting and make sure Supernatural gets that award this year. So vote, you know, you can vote through Twitter, you can vote through Facebook, you can vote on the People's Choice Award website, and you can vote as many times as you want over and over and over until voting is over. There's, I know... Um, Sherry, one of our followers on Twitter, has voted over fifty thousand times. So that's amazing. That's amazing. Yes, it is. The last count I saw hers was fifty seven thousand. Yes. Mm. So she has full time job people. There are no excuses. So keep I, voting. I feel like a slacker now. Oh God. Um, oh, I'm such a slacker. I and if you have an iPhone, I know they didn't support Android this year, but the iPhone app. Well, uh, quite as the Facebook app, but if your phone's acting up, it works a lot. It works just fine from your your 3G kind of sliding on. It works really well. Um, you can vote so fast on the app. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the um, sci-fi show and sci-fi actor are right there next to each other, so you can just mm. go back forth on the app and vote a ton mm-hmm. and then there's the best bromance category just a few categories behind it so it's really really you can really put that through that phone app and you know we can't take it for granted because we have lost before so. mm-hmm. exactly. yes. fringe, fringe beat us one year which if we were going to lose I'm glad it was fringe because I loved fringe but we do not want to lose anymore yeah, you know, nope. 2011 right Yep, yep. When does voting close? Do we do we know? Not for a while. Uh, but end of this month, I think. I think so, yeah. End of November. End of this, oh, goodness. It's going fast. It's going fast. But I think it's right before the mid-season break, if I'm not mistaken. So it might be the Sunday before that? Don't quote me. So, I'm going to say November 30th, but I could be wrong. One of our dear ghost facers, Austin Bases, he is on Beauty and the Beast, and we love him, and we totally support him, but we have to beat them for this award, so keep voting. <laughs> but, okay, so if Beauty and the Beast happens to maybe beat us, can we still count it as a win because of Austin? Because I'm going to do that. And, well, there you go. That's a way to look at it. But <laughs> I, don't think, one, but... I don't think... I don't think the Supernatural cast and crew will be counting it that way, though. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, one family, always family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never been watching the beast, so I can't use it. 
Well, do we have any, any other uh, news bits, items of interest, anything we need to get the word out before we maybe start to wind down here? There's just a few minutes left on air, and I'd like to get out of my office. <laughs> yeah. There's some really great shirts available today, um, T-Fury, Rift, and um, T-Lusters all have really, really good designs today, so... You should check those out. We do have links on our website. We'll always have links whenever there's um, supernatural-related T-shirts that you can touch. And the designer for the Dean shirt through T-Fury today, I've been talking with him through Facebook. He's also working on a Sam one, so you might want to get the Dean one so you can get the Sam one in the future so you can have the matching pair. Oh, yes. Myself, Sam, and Dean. It's actually pretty quiet. So, you know, everyone, nothing to worry about. It's for the Yep. So, yep, I think we've got covered it all. Oh. It's almost, it's almost time for Haven, which tonight's episode sounds like it's going to be really good. If you don't watch Haven, watch Haven. It's another show that <laughs> might not get renewed, and I love Haven. It's on Sci-Fi <laughs> Channel. Watch it. It's really good. Too much TV, not enough time. It's nice to have a lot of good stuff out there, but oh my gosh. I, if I never slept, you know, maybe I'd have enough time to watch every good show that I'd like to. Um, we, we have a caller. I believe this oh, is okay. one of our regulars. <laughs> um, Stuff out there, but, oh hi, hello, Winchester. Hi, hi. I was just calling to see uh, what I was going to ask is uh, the closing date on the voting. I feel terrible now that you said fifty thousand. I thought I was doing well, and I see that I'm I'm, I'm way behind. So I um, in, in the low side. Oh, we are. So I'm really tired. Yeah, compared to uh, we're all fine. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I do disagree on the animal, on the uh, Dean's handling of the dogs. Uh, I, I really, I think he has a genius ability and physical humor with the animals. Oh, and I think some, he did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do disagree. Yeah. It was the episode itself. I was. Good yeah, yeah. But, uh, but Jensen's portrayal of it. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that window scene. Uh, well, it, I have dogs and cats and horses and things, and know, and I know how they, you know, they act just like that, and it's, it was just <laughs> perfect. I thought so. It was. I was, I was very, very impressed. But I was wondering about Anna getting her grace back. I, can Castiel get his back in the same way? Uh, they found her grace, and then somebody else had it. Uh, or stole it from the tree. So right, Muriel had it. I'm assuming that once it's yeah. free, he'll be able to take it back in. The assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, why I, he would be able to take his grace back in the same way she did. But um, he. Anybody would love to have an employee with such integrity. I would even get that to work in their store. He would still, he's excellent. But right, uh, anyway, right. um, um, 
sorry, it's at the end of November. Uh, that's the closing date. I'll have to get on on I'm, board. I'm, I'm looking on their Facebook and the website and everything, and there's nothing that says the actual okay, end I'm date. I'm not crazy, right? Yeah. Because I'm like, where is it? And I don't know. I couldn't have possibly made up but that according date on to my years, own. Yeah, years yeah. past always the end of December, end of November, first week of December, right around in that time. They have, so. to, they, have to, right. they have to count the votes and then make sure they provide the invitations with enough time for everybody to be able to go. So. Well, I'll assume that it's earlier than, than later, so I'll get going and try to uh, get a few more votes at 50,000. That's, uh, that's outrageous. <laughs> very, very impressive. <laughs> well, and, and but, she did Sherry has said that the what what's been aiding her a lot is using the Facebook app, like Becky was saying. Um, oh. that is the most effective way to get a, a oh, is it with a Facebook? small amount of time. Oh. Oh, I've been going to the website, uh the uh just the the regular uh website uh citizens or um People's Choice website and just you know sort of hopping back and forth between uh, actor and supernatural and then the the bromance one. So it's, a, it's sort of a matter of hopping back and forth and getting the votes in. So I guess that is, that would be t- more time consuming, wouldn't it? If you have Facebook, um, yeah, it, it's it's uh, faster through Facebook and extremely fast through. If you have an iPhone, um, do the iPhone app really super fast mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Oh, well, I do, and I haven't used it. To do. It's oh, very okay. easy, and it goes very okay. fast. If you're standing in line for something, you could just call it up and tap a few votes. And oh, okay. Very handy. I have a for everybody. Well, that's good to know. So I'll do that because... The voting will be ending at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On December the fifth, which is oh. the Friday after the mid-season finale, so the finale is on oh. the third, fourth, and the no, that's Thursday. The Where did you find third. it? It's actually in their terms of agree- terms of agreement. <laughs> their terms of agreement. Oh, good it's, it's like in the most obscure spot. <laughs> yes. It's it's it runs for exactly thirty days. It was from November fifth to December fifth, and just remember for everybody who's voting, because you know you can vote no matter where you live. Um, it yeah. is going to be eleven fifty nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. So East Coast. All right. Well, thank you. I I will get on it then. Thanks a lot. <laughs> well, All right. Thank you. Thank you for making me look it up because I'm glad I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> okay. Okay, aloha. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for calling. Sure. Aloha. Mahalo. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. December 5th, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Sunday time. Sounds good. We have a little time know. left. Yes, so there's still a It's easy for me to remember because my birthday's on the second and Clarissa was on the fourth. So th- these dates have been all very easy for me to remember. <laughs> and my friend Becky, my friend also named Becky, hers is on the fifth, the same day. So that's a good way to remember it. 
I'm mm-hmm. considering the mid-season finale, the CW's gift to me and Clarissa. There I'm you like, go. Oh, it's your birthday. Let me give you a fantastic episode of your favorite show. Here you go. Thank you, CW. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you as well. <laughs> it's either that or, or a big, giant, awful cliffhanger, and it'll be like, here, have Oh, there's going to be birthday. a big, giant, awful cliffhanger. <laughs> there is going to be, but it's going to be beautifully painful, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, thank you. I you wanted to leave your office, and I wanted to eat dinner, so I'm back to watch Haven. So I think that's it for us. Yes, we, we actually have a caller, but we have very little time left. Um, I do want to say thank you to everybody. Thank you to you guys. We've had a great podcast tonight, lots of discussion. Uh, don't forget, blogtalkradio.com slash media boulevard. Find us iTunes. Go to our website, winchesterbros.com, and click on the link on the right side. Follow us, like us, Twitter and Facebook at Winchester Bros. Okay, caller, if you can hear me, I'm going to put you on, but we have very little time left. So, hi, you're on the air, Manchester Radio. Hi. Um, it's very short. Um, first is that Sherry's actually at 70,000 votes. So, yeah, she makes us all feel like slackers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And the second thing the second thing is that um, I have friends always say that the only reason I watch is because the boys are hot. And my thing is, if I wanted to watch a show because of hot guys, I would certainly not pick a show where they've only been shirtless a handful of times in nine years. <laughs> yes. So I'm saying. This is true. Would it kill them to give us a scene with Dean washing baby? I mean, really. <laughs> Seriously, we I agree. Asked for it for nine years. So they, come on. They were kind <laughs> enough to give us Sam doing pull-ups. So I think it would be only fair if they uh, if being replied in kind. Mm-hmm. I've actually started calling it gear baiting because they always talk about washing Are babies. Are you the one who says it on Twitter? I that's, love that's that. That's me. Yeah. Yep. I, I've started calling it gear baiting because they, they always talk about washing baby and they always talk about detailing baby and they never show it. Yes, <laughs> I've seen you tweet that and I love it. <laughs> I love a good pun. That's, oh, yes. that's my only. That's my only ship on the show is Dean and the Impala, and they are yep. gear baiting you. I love it. So I, I told you it'd be quick. So there you go. Well, oh, thank you for so, calling. Yeah, thanks for calling. That's a great way to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Okay, well, I think that's it. Counting down. Uh-huh. And we will talk to all of you next week then. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for calling. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye.